Matthew 10, 34 is where we left off. Well, where I left off. I don't know where you guys quit. Um, if you're following along at home with my notes, that's page 21. Um, Jesus is, uh, once again, uh, Jesus is sending his people out. He's telling them what they're going to do. He gives them a, a mandate. He tells them what to preach, how to minister. Then he tells them the downside. Hey, you're going to be persecuted, man. That when you do this, things are going to, you know, you're going to be challenged. And he's still talking about that, and he's still giving us some insight on the cost of discipleship. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to cost you something. Everywhere in Scripture, it is unavoidable. Um, if it's not costing you something, then you should be a little worried. Um, verse 34 says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. So he's stepping out of their particular what they're going to face, and he's stepping back into a big picture and saying, Oh, by the way, don't be surprised by this because it's not, I didn't come to make your life wonderful as far as no challenges, uh, always healthy, never needing money, uh, getting everything you want. That's not what I came to do. Uh, I didn't come to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now, that can be a bit challenging considering other things that are written. The Prince of Peace from Isaiah 9, 6 you know, says, I didn't come to bring peace on the earth. Now, on the earth part is important. Uh, it proclaims that he, he the, that prince claims that I brought a sword with me. Uh, the peace that Jesus brought was peace with God. Peace between man and God. Jesus brought division and even violence to the Jews who came, who he came to minister to. Jews attacked Jews over Jesus Christ. I mean, it got wicked. It was the Jews who stoned Stephen, and it was Paul who stood in agreement. Remember that they're all Jews killing each other. Uh, they treated each other horribly. And remember, Jesus' ministry at this point in time is to who? The Jews. Uh, the Jewish history from Jesus until about uh, 50, 60 years later is not a good one. Uh, remember when he was coming into Jerusalem, he wept? for what was coming their way? Swords. Um, the thing that is harder than denying Christ is living for Christ. Uh, note that Jesus said on earth in John 14, 27, he dresses the peace he gives to the hearts of his own. In the hearts, not in the physical world. In the midst of world's turmoil, we have peace with Christ, no matter what we're facing. And the peace is more profound the more non-peace you face in the world. Your inner peace is more profound and more, it glows brighter when everything around you says there shouldn't be any peace. Remember what he's, what Peter said when he wrote the note, uh, your, the hope that you have within you is your witness. Well, to have hope, you have to have a reason to have hope. And there has to be something to hope for because Thing, you don't get every, not everything you want is happening. You have to hope for it. So in the midst of the world's turmoil, we have peace with Christ. We win in the end, but while we're here, it is going to be challenging. Luke 49, 51. I have come to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. You know, Vic, this goes back to some of the things we were talking about, how things look challenging and all this. Jesus is saying, 
oh man, I can't wait for it to happen. I came to bring fire upon the earth and I wish it were already burning. That's what Jesus is saying. I mean, get that. Um, but I have a baptism, but he changes from the earth to what he has to do. And this is profound. Jesus said, but I have a baptism to undergo. He's not talking about with John. He's talking about his death. And how distressed I am until it is accomplished. He's not distressed by the fact that he's going to be killed. He's distressed by the fact that it hasn't happened yet. And this, the way he views what's happening is what we need to do. Uh, the kingdom is advancing. That should make you happy. Do you suppose that I came to grant peace on the earth? I tell you no, but rather division. Anything outside, the only place there shouldn't be division that he doesn't bring division over is inside the body. Well, we still manage to do that. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not to the earth. Not as the world gives, which sort of clarifies this whole thing. I'm not talking about the world's peace. Do I give it to you? Do not let your heart be troubled. Uh, Vic, this speaks right to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You got my peace. I got all of this, is what he's saying. It's all mine. It's never out of my control. I see it all. I know it all. And I do what I want to do with it. Uh, verse 35. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. What he's saying is my message will separate the deepest human bonds that is more important than any human relationship. Your relationship with God, all other relationships are predicated upon it. Verse 36, and a man's enemies will be members of his household. Well, that is exactly what happened, especially with the Jews. The Jews were turning each other in. And we, you know what? A nice um, piece of clarity for this is what still goes on uh, in Muslim-controlled societies, in Shira law places, where you'll see uh, family members... Uh, turn in their family members for doing something they shouldn't do, for turning in their own daughters for not wearing uh, the covering and things like that. Um, that is the power of this. Uh, but what Jesus is doing, realize this, he's quoting scripture. He's fulfilling one more prophecy. When he says these things, which are hard for us to understand, you know, because scripture the law tells us, you know, obey your parents and honor your mother. Well, it's a commandment. Honor your mother and father. Um, Micah 7, 7, 5. Do not trust in a neighbor. Do not have confidence in a friend. From her who lies in your bosom, guard your lips from the person you care about the most. For sons treat father contemptuously. Daughters rise up against mothers. Daughter-in-laws against her mother-in-laws. You see the verbiage. It's exactly the same. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. Now, see, when Jesus says this, we don't know he's quoting scripture because we don't know it that well. The Jews know exactly what he's saying. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. So he's separating what's going on in the world. And then he, in Micah. 
And then he talks about, but as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait upon the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. So all these things are going on. He's saying, I'm not going to worry about it. And Jesus is telling you, yeah, they're going to go on. And they're going to go on because I came here. And But if you read the rest of Micah, don't worry about it. It's going to happen. It's supposed to happen. Then he says in verse 37, He who loves father or mother more than me, it doesn't say he doesn't love them, it says more than me, that's the qualifier, is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Um, boy, that is really the um, uh, something to grab a hold of you. What are the things I love the most in this world? And then ask myself, do I love God that much? Well, there's only one way to prove that is do I, do I obey God that much? If you love me, you will obey me. The proof is in the pudding. Um, put the kingdom of God first and all these things will be added to you. Deuteronomy 33.9 Speaking of the tribe of Levi who said of his father and mother, I did not consider them, and he did not acknowledge his brothers, nor his, nor did he regard his own sons, for they observed your word and kept your covenant. This is when he was giving out the blessings to the tribes. This is what he said about Levi. So, in a way, this is even quoting that. Jesus is taking all those things from the law and applying them in a world of grace. And he's saying, it's still true. It has always been true. And what he's saying is that's why Levi was special. Levi followed the word of the Lord no matter what anybody else was doing, no matter what it cost them, even in their families, they obeyed the Lord. Then they got into trouble later. Okay, verse 38. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Um, that's a big one. And that's where we are right now. Uh, we haven't had a bear cross here in a long, long time. But uh, they're starting to be put together. You could hear the pounding in the background. Um, the, think of the cross as what it will cost you. Um, he goes on to explain that further. Uh, and it says your cross. It doesn't say the cross. Uh, what is my cross? What are the things that I have to bear? It may mean nothing to you. What is hard for me to give up? What is hard for me to do? It may be easy for you. Uh, and vice versa. This is a personal, it's a universal personal thing. <laughs> That's the best way for me to put it. Jesus speaks, starts to speak of the real cost of following. Remember, he's, he's sending his people out to do ministry. Then he tells them the cost of discipleship. Then he tells them what all is going to happen. And then he tells them this. Yeah, what I've told you is heavy, and it's a little spooky, but I'm telling you, if you can't do this, uh, you're not worthy of following me. You're not worthy to be called my disciple. It was never a casual thing, something that was easy to do. See, for us, it has been. My entire life being a Christian has been easy to do. I really paid a price for it. 
I mean, I didn't go to some parties. I didn't smoke some dope. I didn't do a few of this. When my, some of my friends were doing things they shouldn't have done, I didn't do it most of the time. And, uh, I mean, that's not really a great cost. That's, that's a very small cross to bear. Like you can keep that cross in your pocket. Uh, we often associate this verse with physical death and martyrdom. But it is much harder to live for Christ than to die for him. Note, you have to choose to pick it up. It is not thrust upon you. It's a choice. Who do not take up his cross. I mean, you find the cross, you pick it up, and you bear it. Whereas Jesus' cross was thrust upon him by us, we choose to pick it up. And life brings you to the point where you will want to. Where you've lived enough life where you refuse to pick it up, and the results and your own feelings and everything else tell you, wow, this is just a waste. I need to do this. Uh, I only have so much time left. Let me spend it well. In Luke 9, Jesus foreshadows his own literal taking up of the cross. Uh, 9, 21 through 23. This is after Jesus feeds the crowd and Peter proclaims him Jesus as Messiah. So this it's one of those high moments like, wow, everything's going on. Uh, the miracle just occurred in front of thousands of people. Uh, Peter made the profound statement, you know, that uh, you're the Messiah. It says this, in the midst of that moment, but he warned them, instructed them not to tell anyone, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised up on the third day. Wow! Left no detail out, and they were still surprised when it happened. I mean, he's given them out. This is the heads up of all time. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Not once. You don't do one thing and then you're done. You don't have to do anything anymore. It's every day for every moment for the rest of your life. And follow me. And we often forget the follow me part. Do what I do the way. Like, we'll go do something we think is sacrificial. Like I... I picked up a cross and I bore it. You know, I bore a burden. Now I can go do what I want. No. Okay. Now that you've done that, come follow me. Do what I told you to do. Be what I told you to be. And uh, that's kind of interesting when he tells us, he, he tells them what's, what's literally going to happen to him. And then he says, oh yeah, you guys need to take up your cross. I'm going to be nailed to one, but you guys need to pick up yours. Galatians 24, 25, uh, your pride is crucified. Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. That is part of taking up your cross and nailing your flesh to it. Galatians 6, 14. But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Another taking up your cross. 1 Corinthians 15, 31. I affirm, brethren, by boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. I die. Paul says, every day I die. I take up that cross and I die on it every single day. On the day when you don't die, it will feel like you lost. Verse 39. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Wow. 
it takes a little bit of time to understand that, but I'm guessing that everybody here that is here now or online understands this. You've grasped this, that it is the only thing that really is worth it, that life without Christ is just the ticking of a clock until you're dead. It doesn't mean anything. You gain nothing. You literally gain nothing. What did Christ say? You know, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what have you profited? Um, it is a profound truth that I don't have to uh, convince you of because you're here. Uh, remember this. This is Jesus' pep talk <laughs> to the disciples before he sends them out to ministry without him. And here's what, here's what his pep talk says. Wolves, family turmoil, crucifying yourself, losing of life. Where do I sign up? And what he's saying in the end is there is nothing else. All these things are true, but nothing else means anything. It's worth every one of these things. Every one of these things is incidental compared to what you're gaining. John 12, 25 through 26, he who loves this life loses it, but he who hates this life in this world will keep it to eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor me, will honor him, sorry. Um, once again, it'll be worth it. You have to let go of this. That's part of taking up your cross, is letting go of of this and i don't mean your responsibilities i mean your faith in this world uh the things that you expect to get from it um what you invest in it it is the worst investing in this world is the worst possible investment i mean it is like going into the stock market right before 1929 it is a horrible idea there's nothing to gain and it takes a while, and it takes the Word, and it takes the Spirit to convince you of that. I mean, we try to make ourselves believe that, but there will come a time when you understand it's true. There's nothing here. Verse 40, it says, He who receives you receives me. Well, I think that's something we should all uh, think about. Remember, he's sending them out to minister. And after all this hard stuff and all this other stuff, he throws this in. Uh, when you go out and you witness and your life is a witness, the people who accept it uh, are from you are accepting Jesus Christ. So that young man who accepted what you had to say and is acting on it from England, he accepted Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool stuff. And who receives me receives him who sent me. So... This goes all the way to the Father. Something we all need to remember is that we are ambassadors of Christ. We represent him. Remember the time I spent telling you what the difference between a disciple and an apostle is? A disciple follows, an apostle is sent. We are all, we're not the apostles, but we are all disciples who are apostles. We are all sent. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, live your life in such a way that it shines Jesus Christ. Uh, we are all that. We are all ambassadors of Christ. What we say and do reflects on him and what the world thinks of him. That gives me pause to consider what I do and say. 
It should make me less likely to give somebody the finger when they cut me off in traffic or swear when my pizza's cold or anything like that. He represents us before the throne of God and we represent him before men. And how many times I said, Lord, are you sure that's a good idea? He said, it's not a good idea. It's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, get out there and do it. You know, it, 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 I'm not asking you to do it. I'm telling you. Uh, verse 41. Who are receiving? Then he, he gives us a little background on that. Okay. He's telling you, you know, that, you know, you represent me and whatever you do, you're, you're showing me. And he talked about the people who respond to, now he's talking about the people who respond to the ministry he's sending them out to do. Okay. He who receives a prophet. He's talking about us here, by the way. I mean, he's using a big picture to talk about you. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet, because he's a prophet of the Lord, because the Lord sent him to say something, shall receive a prophet's reward. The person who listens to what you tell them, the message you tell them, receive because they listened, receives the same reward as the person who tells them. It is all God's just got, he's got this closet full of rewards that he is just trying to find a reason to throw them out there. You know, he just wants to bless everybody. We forget that sometimes. And what he's saying is, come on, guys, I, this matters in eternity. These are eternal rewards, by the way. And who receives a righteous man, the name of a righteous man, just because he's righteous and, and welcomes him in and receives him, shall receive a righteous man's reward. After Jesus tells him of the trials, he tells him a little bit about the rewards. He's telling us that it's worth the cost because not only are you getting a reward, the people that you go out there to minister to, they're getting rewarded too. And that's something you can do for this world. And that's something you can do for the kingdom that will matter and change it. But the trials are here and the rewards are there. Uh, well, for me, the reward is obedience in and of itself. That, wow, I listened. Uh, to me, those rare times when I know I did what exactly what I should have done, the way I should have done it, just sitting there and feeling that, that I obeyed God. I, I can't think of many things I would rather have than that. But... It well, what it says, you know, mind is not seen, uh, eye is not seen, ear is not heard. What awaits those who love the Lord? I mean, it's beyond our comprehension. He doesn't even really try that much, he just tells you it's so good, I can't even explain it to you. Anything you can imagine, you're not even close, is basically what he's saying. Did you get those glimpses in those moments of I did a good job this time? Yep, I. What was I've become the work of God, and that in and of itself, I cannot think of things that have given me more peace and more fulfillment than that. Uh, God used me. You know, I pushed my pride away, or He pushed my pride away for long enough to actually be some help in this poor, sad world instead of part of the problem. And it's like. Uh, it is that it's glorious. I don't know how. Uh, anyway, Hebrews six ten. For God is not unjust, so as to forget your work, 
and the love which you have shown towards his name and having ministered and it's still ministering to the saints god knows what you're doing he sees every time you help somebody he sees every time you reach out and there are times when it feels like it's so far away and brothers and sisters i'm not talking just about you have to be a pastor or a preacher to go do this i'm incidental i'm here so that you can do these things to help you do it i'm not the player i'm not even the coach i'm the trainer i'm the guy who patches you up tells you what you should be doing how you should be exercising and sending you back out into the field this is about you this isn't a message to pastors this is a message to the sheep and whoever in 42 and whoever in the name of the of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink truly i say to you he shall not lose his reward every kind thing you do everything you do because you are belong to jesus christ is rewarded we spend a lot of time worrying about our punishments we spend a lot of time thinking about what we're going to lose because of what we've done and sure i get it but man spend some time thinking about what waits you uh because he tells you to i mean he's sitting here telling them think about this remember he just told them the the horrible cost that they were going to face and the trials are going to face and then he's telling them yeah but it'll be worth it matthew 25 34 through 40 and by the way that cold water thing is telling you it doesn't have to be profound it has it's not the what you do it's the why you do it because uh they're one of my disciples it's why you do it not exactly what you do stop comparing yourself to what other people are doing it means nothing it's why you do what you do did you do what you could do for the right reasons that's all that matters do not compare yourself to other people or to other groups matthew 25 34 through 40 then the king will say to those on his right come to you are blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world before the world was formed god has had a kingdom prepared for you for i was hungry and you gave me something to eat i was thirsty you gave me something to drink i was a stranger and you invited me and naked and you clothed me i was sick and you visited with me i was in prison and you came to me then the righteous that says then the righteous those are the people who did that will answer him lord when did we see you hungry feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink and when did you and when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you and the king will answer the king that gets me excited the king will answer and say to them truly i say to you to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine even the least of them you did it to me that's not hyperbole he means it these are the facts of the kingdom of god this is what's going to happen this isn't poetry this is a heads up letting you know what's coming of course there's the other side of this which i left out which says those who did not what did he say get away from me these ones he said come in those ones he said leave you got what you wanted you didn't want me to be lord go have what you wanted where are we at because it's close 
I think that's enough. That's the end of this. We'll wrap up there, and uh, we'll pick up on Chapter 11 next time. Any questions or anything that anybody wants to point out or say? Or We are ripping through Matthew. This is like record time. Anything, anybody? Okay. Well, I will see most of you Sunday, I guess. Uh, when did you say you were leaving, Roland? Okay. Well, I'll see you. Okay, brother. And uh, what's that? Excellent. Thank, thanks, Mike. Oh, yeah, and the Christmas party is uh, this Sunday after church. Um, if you want to bring some sort of, you know, gift or something, that's fine. If not, that's fine. Uh, Cheryl's wrapping crap already. So, um, yeah, God bless you. Anything else we need to know? Or, huh? Yeah, I should do that, huh? Wow. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, and I thank you for my brothers and sisters here who, who take the time and uh, take the effort for something this hard to do. <laughs> and, and I just ask you to bless them in a special way for their efforts, Lord, uh, that they roll up their sleeves and dig deep into your word. And I just ask that they reap a benefit from that, Lord, in a tangible way that they can see it. And Lord, I ask you to watch over them and bless them and protect them, make them strong, wise, brave, and compassionate, and help them to glorify your name and everything they think, do, and say. Amen. Have a great week, guys. Love y'all. Thank, thank you. Do I need to close this now, or do you need to open?